Welcome to Imperfect Parenting. I'm Ariel Green Anderson. My name is Matt Anderson. We're bringing you raw, real, and unfiltered stories from around the world. Are you an IP parent? I went to one of my book signing events and this man was just falling all over himself and giggling like a kid, you know, he's probably in his early 40s. And he said, oh, I've never met an author before. And I said, oh, sorry, I'm not an author. <laughs> and somebody said, yes, you are. <laughs> you know, so that that piece of, you know, feeling like you're an imposter, you know, and people aren't going to like what you do or whatever. Just go for it. Just do it. Um, if it makes you happy, if it makes one kid happy, if it makes one animal safer, just go do it. And don't worry about being a success. Just know that you're doing what you're doing from your heart and with love in your heart and just go for it. And um, whoever happens to see it and like it and receive it, well, you've changed their life in some positive way. So feel good about that and just keep doing it. That was Marla Stahl of Woof Books. She is so inspiring. You guys are really going to love this conversation coming up. Uh, this is normally, you know, my first Wednesday older moms segment. And yet since Marla is definitely, she's an older mom. She has three kids. Um, she's actually from my zone-ish in California, but lives in Maryland. And wow, I just love that she started writing at 58 and now she's just turned 63. I can't wait for my mom to hear this if I'm really super honest about it. Uh, so this week is going to be super great. You're going to love it. Uh, I just want to say a quick shout out to um, Italy. Somebody in Rome, Italy started listening and that was on my list. So yay, the universe heard me. I love that. Um, there are uh, so many of you out there listening these days. And you know what? I really, really, really want to find a way to engage with you in a way that works for you. So if you guys would write me uh, an email, info at imperfectparenting.net. I would be really happy to find out the way in which you would like to connect. Uh, as well, I will be putting some things up on our Facebook group and whatnot, but I think people are moving away from Facebook to some degree for obvious reasons, and we are looking for alternate uh, possibilities. We are also, I started to work on a Patreon page, so there'll be some extra added benefits for some of you who, um, you know, just put a little thank you or whatnot out there and you, we could maybe do some live sessions. Maybe that's a great way we could connect. I don't know. Let's see. So without further ado, here is the conversation with, um, Marla Stahl and her inspiring story of connecting kids with kindness, rescue dogs, and great stories to help support, um, the beauty of what people are creating with animals out there in the world. So thank you, Marla Stahl. Here we go. Hey, before we get started on the conversation, I just want to share a secret with you. We are having a drawing for one of Marla's books. Yay! So for all of you who are 18 and over and in the U.S., uh, this contest is open to you. I am, excuse me for all our wonderful world listeners, this is a publishing um, issue because of shipping and all of that. But in the future, we will do our best to find another opportunity for you. So those of you who will be doing the drawing, just to know, all you have to do is send in one of your stories. It can be a recording. If you join our 
Facebook group. Uh, you can do a little recording there. It's the same logo as we have for the podcast, or you can send in your recording, or you can just write a little something, you know, just keep it under a page, I would say, <laughs> so I can get through them. And uh, then you're part of the drawing. That's it. Easy peasy. Uh, it will be from now until the 22nd of June. And then we will make the announcement uh, around um, the end of June, beginning of July. Okay. Are you ready? Go for it. Let's hear your stories. I'd love to share them with Marla and she's super excited to hear them. Thank you. Hello, Marla Stahl. Welcome to Imperfect Parenting. It's so great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you. Yeah, this is great. I you, We only have a handful of people that uh, we actually have um, had on the show that aren't people we've actually met or have crossed paths with. But when I saw your story, I just, even now I'm getting little goosebumps. I, I just... Oh. Love people who love animals, <laughs> I guess, and, and uh, your story uh, inspired me. I tried not to Google you too much because I like it to be sort of like a, not watching a movie preview. I like to be excited and, you know, not think about things too much and just let things happen intuitively. But would you tell me a little bit about you, first of all, like where you are right now and and what uh, what kicked off? your whole Wolf Books series? Like, where were you when you first had the inspiration or started writing books in your head? Oh, that is an easy one. That is an easy one. Um, I um, passed three dogs I've had have all been rescue dogs, and I'm very passionate about that um, because they just need a home and, and need to be loved, and some of them haven't been treated well. And I lost my beloved Lucy, and um, when I had lost the dog before her, I waited months to get another dog and I was miserable. I just have to have a dog in my life. And so I got Lucy and she healed my heart. And I promised her that when she was no longer with me, I was going to have another dog. And um, I have this thing for little black dogs. And <laughs> as it turned out, I got another little black dog. <laughs> and and lo and behold, you know, that night she was curled up on the couch across the room from me. And I just saw the corner of my eye, another little black dog and my heart was healed and life was good again. So uh, we went outside um, and she was a little bit, a little bit afraid. Um, you know, I think she was mistreated a little bit and um, she was a little bit afraid, but we bonded pretty quickly and we went outside and my neighbor started talking with me and um, I kept calling her back because I want to you know, make sure she was okay. I wanted to watch her and she all of a sudden disappeared behind a row of trees that I have. And I heard squawk, 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 a bunch of birds. I thought, oh, excuse me. And I went <laughs> running over to see what was going on. And she um, was going after a bird and actually kind of caught it. And uh, so I picked her up. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I took her in the house. And like you would talk to a child, I gave her a stern but loving lecture. <laughs> and, and she's just looking at me and, you know, didn't want to scare her. She was new, you know. So I was talking like this, you know. And I said, you know, it's your yard now, but you have to share. We have all kinds of creatures here and you have to share. And I'm talking to her like she's a three-year-old. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, literally the next day, um, came down, opened our uh, curtains on the sliding patio door to, to get ready to let her out while she was eating her breakfast. And there was an, every day for like six days, a different type of animal was looking in the window. Um, one day there, <laughs> seriously, one day there was a little squirrel like literally scratching at the door like it wanted to come in, like scratching on the glass. We had a cicada, we had bunnies, we had 
a frog. I mean, for wow. six days in a row, it was weird. And so I was talking with a friend, a fellow animal lover. And I said, this is the strangest thing. I said, I think they're saying thank you for keeping her in the house. And we Aww. had a good laugh. And then I said, maybe they're trying to see if she wants to come out and play. And I said, oh, my goodness, that would make a really good children's book. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Wow. So, so I ran downstairs after we hung up and just started typing, you know, and I got I had some pictures and um, came up with this story. And because she's a rescue dog and she was scared, even though we bonded quickly, there are certain things to this day that scare her, like things that click. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll turn on my oven to preheat it and she'll go upstairs or the toaster she's afraid of. Oh, no. um, but I, I wanted her to know very early on that she would always be loved no matter what and that she was always going to be safe in this mommy's house. So that all plays into the story. Oh, wow. That's great. Thank you for sharing that story. And and how did you go from there? Did you did you go to Amazon and publish it yourself? Did you find somebody who was interested? Did you immediately start with the donation for rescue or how did it evolve? Well, the first thing I did was I did kind of reach out to um, one of the official publishers, you know, a regular book publisher. Right. And they had a, a three month kind of a thing where, gosh, if you don't hear from us in three months, we're not interested. So oh, I kind of had to I wait. never like that. It always feels so impersonal. Go yes. <laughs> and you just don't know when you could be sending your things to other people. And, you know, yeah. but I, it was my first try. So I did. And in the process of doing that, I thought, you know, it would be a nice, um, you know, I want to make kids smile. I want to promote kindness to animal and animal rescue and, and um, you know, nice to have a little extra income. But wouldn't it be cool if I also gave money to the rescues because mm -hmm. I'm I'm such a softy that I can't be one of those people that goes out and finds a dog on the side of the road and brings it in and rescues it because I would be crying all the time so I said what can I do to help <laughs> and I said well this is my way of doing it I'll use the gifts I have to help them so I can raise funds for the people who are doing that really hard heart-wrenching work so I waited my three months and nothing happened so I started looking into self-publishing, and so I found a couple of companies that did that. And lucky for me, I have a graphic designer son, so he helped oh, me get everything wow. going. <laughs> that was a blessing. Somebody you can trust, because graphic design, it's such a personal thing, really, like your vision of things and how yes. people create it. So good that you have somebody you can communicate with really well. Hopefully. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's wonderful. And of course they make it look like it's easy online. He oh. will walk you through it, but it's really not as easy as it no. appears. <laughs> so he really bailed me out, which was great. Oh, great. Oh, wow. And when, and so when was the first book? How long ago was that? Remind me. Uh, that was what, 2015. Okay, great. And now you've had a handful of books since then though. Yes. Well, the next book I wanted to honor my Lucy, cause I always wanted to do something for her, like have a line of, um, children's towels or sheets or something. She was just so darn cute. She was a poodle mix and um, never could do that. That takes a lot of capital up front, you know, so. Hey, it could um, still happen. <laughs> I, yes. I said, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll write the next one about her. So it's kind of a, a, a fun little romp. It's kind of uh, creative. She's Lucy, the amazing wonder dog. And she doesn't know why mom calls her that. She's just an ordinary dog. She has things like television shows and <laughs> <laughs> protecting her family from danger. And she thinks she's a superhero, but it's based in actual games. We actually played together and things we actually Aww. did. So there's an element of truth. Even her one show is um, instead of home and gardens, TV, HGTV, it's dog and gardens, TV. And <laughs> instead of house hunters, it's mouse hunters. And what makes it the truth part comes out, you know, the real life part comes in is she is 
she was very different than other dogs. If something dropped on the floor, a crumb, you had to point it out to her. She wouldn't see it. <laughs> she wasn't other the dogs are right on cleaner, it. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so um, in the picture, the person who illustrated for me shows her in front of a bookcase and she's sniffing all over the ground and there's a mouse like right next to her on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> so it is kind of based in in truth, you know, real life things about her. So, and then from there, um, I just got motivated. Um, one book, um, I'd gone to Puerto Rico to visit a friend who lives there and loved Puerto Rico, the food, the people, the music, everything was fabulous. But the one thing that upset me is that there are anywhere between 100 and 300,000 stray dogs <gasps> on the oh. island. And being an animal lover and being a softie who, you know, cries at Tylenol commercials. <laughs> I'm with I you there. You. I have to say, <laughs> I come from a long line of those. So oh, good. I hear you. I, mean, I used to be like, what's wrong with my mom? Why is she crying at the TV? And now I get it. My daughter looks at me the same way. And she yes. does the same. So, yes. you know, I hear you. <laughs> yes. And so I was just so upset. And we had met this one little dog in Ponce that just, you could tell she just had babies. And oh. we were trying to feed her. And I heard that, the, you know, kids would kick her and throw a rock at her. I mean, I was just a mess. Oh, no. And I came back because I have to do something. I have to do something. And I looked online and I found this great rescue, Second Chance Animal Rescue Puerto Rico, and started to support them financially. And we just got to be friends. And she said, well, would you um, write a book about my dog, Mason? And I said, oh. well, tell me about him. He's a little dog that uses a doggy wheelchair. He can't use his back legs. Mm -hmm. And so she wanted me to do like a Perry Mason story or something <laughs> like that. And I said, you know, a lot of people don't know Perry Mason, Mason is anymore. anymore. Yeah, he was great. Right? You know, yeah. maybe my generation, but you know, little kids are not going to know who that is. So I said, tell me about him. And so she started to describe him and how he's so friendly. And, you know, when the new dogs come in, he goes and he greets them and he like shows them the ropes in the doggy world, you know, and he's kind of like an ambassador. I said, wait, an ambassador? But he's a dog. Let's call him Mason the ambassador dog. <laughs> so um, she told me a little bit about him, but I just wasn't getting enough to be creative. So I said, well, I'm going back to Puerto Rico to visit my friend. Um, I'll come up to the sanctuary, the animal sanctuary and, and meet him. So I took my friend and a camera and just went up. And unfortunately, she wasn't there, but one of her wonderful volunteers was there. And she took us all around. We met every animal there, took a ton of pictures. Yeah. And it turned into more of an educational thing about what an animal rescue that has a facility really looks like. Mm -hmm. And um, lots of pictures of Mason. And um, so that's how that came about. And then my friend who lives in Puerto Rico said, I'll translate it into Spanish for you. So yeah. she did that. And I have to tell you, Mason was featured on the Animal Planet this past <gasps> December. Oh, that's exciting. Yes, there was a show called um, Amanda to the Rescue. It was on for one season. A lady from Washington State that takes on a lot of um, disabled pets that maybe the tripod, somebody who's had an amputation mm -hmm. or, or some other medical issue and she loves them and she goes um, to find other ones that she can help home. And so she heard about Second Chance and went to Puerto Rico and there's a whole show about how she and Bonnie, um, Bonnie Lucas is the owner of Second Chance, wonderful lady, um, and how they went out and rescued dogs and they featured Mason. So he's actually been on TV. Wow. So that's pretty, that's pretty exciting. So I love a dog. <laughs> yeah. So that's, and a lot of, a couple of dogs in my book have actually been adopted since then. And oh. so I always um, ask for their names so I can send them a, a copy of the book and say, hey, your superstar is on page 17. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty exciting. Wow. And then, and then the one, do you mind if I keep talking? No, is go this for good? it. Go okay. for it. This is for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you. you so two, only two left. Um, one, I was sitting in my dentist chair 
And my dental hygienist um, said, hey, have you thought about doing another book? I said, no, I have, I have to be inspired. I can't just make something up. I yeah, have to be inspired. It, it, passion doesn't come through otherwise, really, yeah. Right. And these are about real life dogs in my life. And, you know, it has to come from my heart or I can't do it. And she said, well, you know, you're at the dentist. You should write a book about sugar, my current dog sugar, going <laughs> to the dentist. And I said, you know, dogs and dentists don't work. It's not a, not a pretty thing. She said, well, you know, just think about it. So while she's cleaning my teeth, I'm writing the book in my head. I'm just like envisioning this in my head. <laughs> That's a great way to be distracted. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't talk, you know, so the brain was just going and I lived literally two miles from the dentist. And by the time I had gotten home, I had it in my head. I had it. And so I came and I played with sugar and I gave her a hug and gave her dinner. And I said, I'm going downstairs to the computer. And I just popped that one right out. (laughs) So um, that's how that one came about. That is obviously not a true story. Um, But the cool thing about it is a young friend of mine did the illustrations for that. And he came over and met sugar and looked at the house. And he even in the book, he had such attention to detail. I mean, he put fingernail polish that I was wearing that day, a ring I was wearing that day. Um, the color of the furniture, and then he took um, characters from previous books and put them in as her little toys that she was playing with. I mean, just amazing. And his sister had illustrated the Lucy the Amazing Wonder Dog book, and there's a piece in that where she goes on with her little bag of goodies from the dentist. You know how you get like a toothbrush and toothpaste? Well, she got um, doggy floss, doggy dental floss, (laughs) and and all this stuff, and a a toothbrush. You know how they do the um, toothbrushes for kids with superheroes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a little... creature. Yeah, exactly. Or Elmo or whatever, right? <laughs> well, the superhero was on the, on the handle was Lucy, the amazing wonder dog. And Aww. so his sister who had illustrated that book gave me that one for, <laughs> for that page. That's so great. if you look at the series of books, you kind of see a few things that are thrown in there. And then the dental hygienist, um, if you look carefully at her earrings, they look like teeth. and I didn't realize that for a while and when I finally got it I said oh my goodness and so I went online I went on Etsy and I found tooth earrings and I actually bought her a pair of tooth earrings for Christmas (laughs) (laughs) that's cool I I love those details and I think that's really cool for our listeners and people they'll now be looking at your books when they go and get them (laughs) and looking for those details (laughs) and then it's really great when they can when when you can integrate your other stories and things like that comedians do that they have a joke and then it kind of carries forward into their you know their current routine or what I think it's important that they are reminded of oh yeah we love Lucy and oh wait look and the kids love recognizing things as well Right, you know? Yes. I always equate that to kind of like a Seinfeld episode, you know, there's something at the beginning and at the end it comes back. Exactly. And then the one more book I want to talk about too, because I was very excited and again, motivated by real life. So um, one of my mom's best friends is the the person who it's written about. Um, They were, they lived in New Jersey, they were in their 70s and they were doing aerobics classes together. And they met and they just really hit it off and they just had fun in class and um, went out and, you know, became friends and went shopping and did all these things together and became one of her very closest friends. Well, Charlotte, my mom's friend, uh, Grandma Charlotte, the book is called The Adventures of Grandma Charlotte. um, She was a teacher for many years and her kids grew up and um, she just decided she didn't really have enough meaning in her life. She'd been so used to giving, giving, giving her whole life to children and and she was doing things, uh, she was a master gardener, and she would give lectures at Princeton University and things like that, but it just didn't have that same, I guess, a spiritual component in her heart, you know, to be able to really 
change people's lives in a good way. So she started volunteering with this group called uh, Global Volunteers and and other groups as well. And what they did was they would go all over the world and just do good things for people and animals. So the first thing she did was learn Spanish, medical Spanish, to go up into the mountains in the Andes and talk to women about prenatal care in Spanish because only one of every four kids at that time survived. Oh my gosh. And so that was her first mission. And then she went to Zimbabwe. She went all over the place and um, she was in the Galapagos islands and she was riding on, you know, he had these pictures of her riding on a sea tortoise. She was a little tiny thing, you know, riding on this gigantic <laughs> sea tortoise. Um, age 76, hot air ballooning over the Serengeti. Um, going to Romania and rocking babies in orphanages for seven hours. Um, she studied orangutan. She went to Borneo and uh, not Jane Goodall, but Jane Goodall's protege, whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. She studied with that woman and, and was there for about three months rehabilitating baby orangutans who had lost their mamas. Oh my goodness. And I mean, just, just this selfless giving woman, very modest you know, she would give speeches, you know, give talks about her trips and things at uh, Princeton, but there was no ego. It was just like, yeah, everybody does this kind of thing. Just <laughs> Normal for her, right? <laughs> normal for her. She's about four feet tall, soaking wet. And, you know, I mean, she was just like this wonderful woman. And um, so this book is about her and her adventures. Well, and, and how this started out is... Um, she was getting, you know, into her 90s and she was failing health wise. Hmm. And her daughter, um, who I became friends with, um, contacted me and said, you know, she's not doing well. I just wanted to let you know. This was late January, early February. And she said, um, we're all preparing for a funeral and wanted you to know it's going to be in New Jersey because she had since moved to West Virginia to okay. be with her daughter. And um, I said, OK, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to make I want to be there. I definitely want to be there. But February weather might preclude that. So I'll write some remarks and I'll email them to you. So if you have to, can you read them for me? And she said, yes. So mm. I did. And it was a lot about their relationship and, and some of her adventures and things like that. Well, the next day I get a text. She said, you're not going to believe this. But she bounced back. She's, she rallied. I was like, oh, Aww. my goodness. So I said, well, how about this? I'll turn it into a little story. Uh, present tense, not past tense, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can read it to her because she was starting to have a little bit of, you know, memory loss and, you know, not quite with it. And I said, this will remind her of her fun adventures and her relationship with my mom. Her, their friendship. She said, okay. So I did. And I sent that. And as I was rereading that, I said, oh, this would make a really good children's book. And uh, <laughs> so <laughs> that's how that happened. And it's really actually very funny. If you read the book, it's hilarious, but I didn't really make it up. It's all true stuff. Um, <laughs> so for example, Charlotte was a cat lady. She loved cats. And when my mom was trying to contact her outside of class, um, she was looking up um, Charlotte Katz, K-H-A-A-T-Z, because her <laughs> license plate was K-H-A-A-T-Z. <laughs> and she thought there are a lot of people named Katz in New Jersey. I guess that's how she spells it. So <laughs> she's looking on in the phone book. She's calling, you know, directory assistants and um, not finding this number. So she went to class and she said, Charlotte, do you have an unlisted number? I've been trying to call you to invite you to go to, to coffee with me. <laughs> and Charlotte just started laughing. She said, my name is Charlotte Ross. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a cat lady. I love cats. So that's why I had that on my license plate. And it just kind of took off from there. So um, everything you see in that book is totally true. And it is hilarious, but it is totally true, their interactions with each other. And um, at the end, I do have an educational piece so that the kids can say, where is Romania? And, you know, what kind of animals are in the Serengeti? And 
um, what kind of adventures did grandma Shirley, that's my mom, did, did she have? Well, her adventures were more intellectual. So mm. she learned Italian when she was in her 70s. And she loved the Weather Channel and learned about weather. And, you know, how fun is it to have a friend who has different interests? You know, it keeps your your friendship alive, you know. And so it's um, and one of the questions I have at the end is, what can you do to do something meaningful in your life? And who can help you with that? So I get the kids learning a little bit about the places I talked about and um, having them reflect on how they could be a Charlotte. Because a lot of my adults, adult friends, when I tell them about her, they always say, I want to be her when I grow up and they're 50 something, you know? <laughs> yeah. I like so, that. <laughs> I said that half to her a when, she, when she called me one time, she was telling me about the babies. I'm like, I want to be you when I grow up. And I was like 55 years old. So um, <laughs> how, how uh, motivational, inspirational would that be for kids to see this woman who just, went everywhere and did all mm -hmm. kinds of things to help others. And now, now what can I do as a nine-year-old, you know, absolutely to make a difference in the world. So that's the package. <laughs> Thank you for, you covered a lot of my mental kind of questions that were popping up. I'm like, Oh, she covered that. She covered that. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, a, I don't write down tons of questions. But it's so, uh, wow. So inspiring. I, you know, because I'm a, I'm not only, you know, imperfect parenting podcast, mom person but I'm also a coach so there has a tendency when I when I hear these stories they're just so inspiring so it's a combination of inspiring our kids and parents and you know for having animals and at the same time is being inspired to create and live life you know fully in a beautiful yes. way and I listen to your stories about your your characters and the people in your life that have inspired that and yourself and um, I'm just so honored to have you on today it's just really amazing thank you oh thank you so much <laughs> that makes me feel great and I'm honored to be here thank you so much I would love uh, you you've touched on a little bit about some of the educational pieces in your books I I um, if I understand have you been invited to schools to talk I did yes. quickly glance at your web page and tried not to look too much, but just a little bit, you know, uh, um, to get a taste. But did I see that there was something about educational Marla yes. moments? Yes, you did. <laughs> what you do you did. talk about there or, you know, what are some of the pieces that come in? Well, that all actually varies. Um, I originally got started going to schools because I wanted to do that. I wanted to change the focus not from just selling the books, but to really talk to kids about kindness to animals and, um, you know, animal adoption and things mm -hmm. like that. So um, I was doing a book signing at a local pet store and a lady came in and her dog came up to me and just wanted hugs. And she said, he never likes anybody. What's going on? I said, oh, dogs know who love them, you know, and she says, what are you doing? And I tell her and she goes, well, I happen to work in a media center at my school and it's a special needs school. I'll tell my principal about you. So she took a card and I never expected to hear from her <laughs> again. And, you know, because some of these people say that, but they don't get back to you or they forget, yeah. you know. And so um, next day I get a phone call from her. She said, my principal wants to order books and she wants you to come be a guest author at our school. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, this is wonderful. <laughs> so I did. And it was so cute. Um, they um, had taken the characters from my sugar book at that point. That was the only one I had. And they had uh, enlarged them and put the pictures on popsicle sticks. So when I was reading the story to the kids, they would hold up the character Aww. that I was talking about. It was so cute. The theme of the night was dogs. And so they had hot dogs for dinner. <laughs> and they also got permission to bring pets on wheels in so that the kids could read one of the stations that they did was to read to the dogs. And it was just this wonderful thing. And what so, 
Yeah, it was wonderful. So I started kind of reaching out to other schools to see if I could do that. And each one is different. Um, they just really wanted me to read the story. Um, I went to an international baccalaureate school near Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and they're all about uh, philanthropy. So, um, you know, I said I could use it as a fundraiser for you guys or whatever. Oh, we do that all the time. Don't worry about that. We want, <laughs> we want, <laughs> which was wonderful. I, was, I want to go to your school. I mean, they, oh, my goodness. I looked at their website. It's like, fabulous school. And so I was honored to, to go there. And they said, um, we would like you to talk to the children about the process of writing and writing a book and editing. I said, oh, okay, I can do that. And so I went down and read to the younger kids and they went back to their rooms and um, the third through fifth graders came out and stayed there and we read the story and everything. And they started asking me about the process of writing and how do you get your ideas? And does somebody else look at your work? And, you know, all these questions and they were just fabulous questions. And it, you know, it was exactly what the teachers were looking for. So I thought, well, that's really good. So I went to leave. I was talking to the principal and one of the teachers of the younger kids came running out. Oh, Miss Stahl, Miss Stahl, we have to show you something. <laughs> we went back to the classroom and we made books. And she brought these little books out that the kids had made and colored and stapled together. Oh, and wow. So that was really, that was really cool. And then I had one that was tough emotionally. I went into the city and um, an inner city kind of a school was a charter school and read to four groups of preschoolers so they're really, you know, pretty small and um, four classrooms, different classrooms. And each one would raise their hand and tell me a really sad story. You know, they would say, well, my aunt had a dog, but she died. And somebody oh, would say, you know, I saw a dog get hit by a car on the street or, you know, there are gunshots and I saw a dog get shot. I mean, they were telling me these and I'm trying not to cry. You know, me that cries a Tylenol commercial. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that was a bit of a job. I mean, that's, that's really, those are tough stories. By the third one, I was barely holding it together. And so we just went a whole different direction with that. We talked about definitely kindness to animals. We talked about what do you do if, because they have a lot of strays in their neighborhood, what do you do if a stray dog comes up that you don't know? How do you stand? How can you tell if they're scared? Um, what do you do to prevent from being bitten? You know, how do you approach them? Do you, you know, if you see somebody walking a dog, you always ask permission before you pet them, here's how you hold your hand. And mm-hmm. and so it was very much um, kind of survival kind of things, you know, in, in a way. And we just kind of let them process their feelings about, you know, what was going on with these sad things they saw. And that was tough. That was a very, very tough one. But I felt like maybe I had planted a seed in the kids to just be kinder and um, how important it is to be kind because they're living, loving beings yeah. and and how to stay safe in that environment when when you see a dog like that so um each one is different um they all go different direction i was doing some little ones at one school and we had just had a baby giraffe born at our local zoo so wow. after that i said would you like to see another animal and i had my facebook with me and i was like look here's the baby giraffe was just born and we talked about zoo animals <laughs> So unless the teachers have a specific curriculum mm-hmm. that they want me to, to cover, um, we just kind of free flow it. And I, I find those are the best ones. Absolutely. <laughs> You're talking to a person who I, every time I did a speech or a training, I have notes, but I, I always go off <laughs> so myself. I mean, I think that's when the great things happen, when it's possible to kind of free flow, especially when you've got um, little people to interact with, because the way that they think sometimes can take you off guard and all different kinds of ways oh yes and keep the conversation going in different it's it's uh it's funny because my um I grew up my mother is like 
the the keeper of the forest or you know she lives in a residential area but my whole life we've always had animals of all kinds and now she has just a couple of cats but all the wild animals come to her kind of like you had that story of all the animals coming to the window that's uh-huh. her so she taught me the you know kindness and you know she was apologizing when she put she never smashed a spider even she'd put it in a jar scorpions we kind of dumped them in the forest she was always super super kind and I didn't realize how um, that's not necessarily the norm, you know, as I yes. went out in the world and saw people <laughs> smash their boots. Up. What are you doing? You know, uh-huh. but, uh, and then my husband, I'm just mentioning this because I had this background and to me it was normal. You, of course you have a pet. Of course you're kind. Of course you, um, approach animals with caution, but warmth at the same time. And you know, mm-hmm. all that you're talking about. My husband is a large Swedish man who seems like he couldn't be afraid of anything. And our neighbors, Every time their dogs, tiny dogs, would come out, he would jump like like something just attacked him. Oh, and I discovered that he had never had a pet and was terrified of all dogs. Oh, <laughs> he, wow. All animals, I think, really, and maybe unless birds flying by. But, you know, he's afraid of my cat. He was afraid <laughs> of dogs. And my neighbor actually has a present. She's a dog whisperer here in Czech Republic. And she saw this. I informed her. I said, he's not trying to be aggressive towards your dog. He just doesn't get it. So she actually, for Christmas, created this beautiful little book with a coupon of eight lessons on being with dogs, you know, and how to approach them and how to relate with them. And, you know, probably a lot of the things that you're teaching the kids and it, it, he's transformed Marla. (laughs) He went from the one who would be having the stories like these kids about all the reasons why dogs are scary or life is scary around dogs to, you know, he's dying to have one now. Oh, good. Good. Score one for you. That's fantastic. I said our daughter like has been having dogs licking her from like two days old. So she's, you know, we don't have one, but we tried, I really didn't want her to be afraid. So I think what you're doing out there, it's so vital because your relationship to the animal world, it, it's, it's powerful in, in how you are with other humans as well and how you are with yourself. It's a really strong medicine in a way. It um, is. And I just, you know, every day I see something new about how important it is to get kids to be kind to animals and it makes them better humans to, to everyone. And, and yeah. there's studies that just shows that when you have that kind of interaction with a, some sort of other li- living being that's not human, um, that your kindness towards them and towards humans is just spectacular so yeah that is a really big deal and I don't know if you know I'm currently here in Prague in Czech Republic I'm from Northern California oh Um, we're from Sweden uh uh, from the cinema wine country so I I grew up in Sebastopol Forestville Hillsbergy zone that's where my mom is and and then Marin as a as a grown up. Oh, <laughs> I'm from so. Contra Costa County, so okay. I just had to ask. Oh yeah, no, you're close to your neighbor. Um, <laughs> okay, but that's the Sorry. No, no, I just I wanted you know I of course grew up with lots of animals and dogs around. You had some friendly, some less. Here in Czech Republic, the funny thing is, is I think that actually people prefer dogs to people. Uh, dogs mm-hmm. will get served water first in a restaurant. They can go almost everywhere. It's starting to change a little bit, but really they, they go to work, they go to restaurants. They, they can get a ticket to the zoo, Marla. (laughs) I never thought I would. Yes. Dogs can go to the zoo in Prague. So dogs are really well loved. And even when they have this, uh, once a year, they have this big exposition of, uh, outdoor, um, military, you know, different things they have. And they have all the dogs that are trained to smell guns and drugs and all that. They're the nicest dogs. I have hardly ever met a mean dog. I mean, the, the nature of the 
society is not terribly aggressive either. It's one of the safest cities on the planet that you could go to. Leave, people leave their kids outside of cafes while they're getting a coffee. I mean, it's Oh my goodness, I need place. to go visit. This sounds fabulous. <laughs> like you would I love it to move. for dogs. You would be in heaven. And I, I haven't actually, I know people who have uh, res- gotten rescue dogs and, and things here. It's more that most li- most of the time it's that expatriates go back home and can't find a way to take them or are more they end up leaving them behind for one reason or another mm-hmm. so rather than something else so it's uh i mean i'm sure it happens as well you have, where they've been abused and whatnot but i'm kind of impressed with the the dog reality here um, just thought i would share that if you're ever traveling this is a great place to bring a dog not that you're going to take yeah. your dog traveling but uh, <laughs> from that far away but people do I'll, I'll go see the city and i'll be spending the time looking at the, all the dogs and petting all the dogs and not oh. looking at the scenery so. <laughs> No, it, it's it's um it's impressive. I, yeah. So, um, is there anything else that you think we should know? I have a couple other questions, but just anything that's popped up as we're talking that you would love to share with us. Uh, I would love to hear a little bit. Maybe, um, who? What was the name of your first dog? And did you have dogs growing up? Oh yes, my first dog was named Alvin. We lived in Japan, oh. and I was um gosh four years old. Oh. And my brother was about seven and we got a, a dog in Akita mm-hmm. and his name was Alvin and he was named Alvin because we were big fans of Alvin and the chipmunks. <laughs> and so our parents let us name him and we picked Alvin. And so I've had a dog always since I was about four years old. And um, so we had to leave him behind there as well. But we went back, uh, moved to New York and we got a dog named Bippy and uh, she was a beagle mix. And I mean, we just keep ha- getting more dogs. I had a cookie, Oreo cookie. Um, we called her Cookie because she she had um, like dark brown and white fur, so she looked like an Oreo cookie. So my kids named her Cookie, <laughs> Cookie Oreo. Um, the rescue dog named Keisha, who's just the best dog. She just was um, probably a little too well trained, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> but I'm um, just a love bug. We would just like go everywhere. She actually um, helped a couple kids in the neighborhood not be afraid of dogs because she was just so sweet and gentle. Um, I've just had dogs forever. And um, so, yeah, they've always been part of my life. I I can't go dogless. Like I said, when I lost lost Keisha, I was a mouse four months. I was like, I can't, I have to have a dog. I have to come in and get that waggly tail and wet nose and the hug and have somebody to chat with, you know, in the house when I'm by myself. And (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I've always been an animal person. That's just part of the DNA, I think. What would you tell parents who maybe they've never had a pet or they haven't with their kids and are looking like they'd like to get a dog, they're a little bit nervous. Would you have any advice for them? Um, You know, they're thinking, yeah, we'd like to, but, or, you know, they're just not sure. What would you, what would you advise to them? What would be some steps they could take or things they could think about or... Well, I think they probably would want to find a friend or family member who had a very gentle, sweet dog that they could go visit and just kind of get used to either dog or cat um, and just kind of get used to that to see how they feel around the pet Mm -hmm. and um, kind of get used to that. Maybe, you know, visit shelters. There are programs where I live where children can read to the dogs in the shelters. Oh, wow. That's and, a cool program. 
it's a wonderful and it's good for the children and it's good for the dogs. They sit and listen attentively and they have this bond. Um, the library has a thing where you can go sit and actually sit right next to the dogs and, and pet them and read to them. The kids can read to them. So doing things like that, just kind of to get them sensitive to what it's like to be around the dog. And um, if you're looking for one, I think it's so important. You can go on Pet Finder or, or talk to different rescues and things like that. People foster in their homes, maybe go visit, but it's important to think about the needs of your family, mm -hmm. like how much time you have to be with a dog and, you know, and give them attention. Right. What kind of dog do you need? Is it a you know, really low key dog that doesn't mind sleeping a lot or, or is it, you know, very, very hyperactive and you've got a three-year-old that's hyperactive and mom's going to go crazy a little bit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to get a Jack Russell that's like two months old and have a small toddler. Maybe not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you really have to think about the needs of the family as well as the temperament of the dog. And most places where you can, you know, if you go like on a pet finder kind of a thing online or talk to people who are fostering the dogs mm -hmm. is a wonderful way to do it because they know the dog's personality or doganality, I call it. <laughs> <laughs> and they can tell you, yeah, this dog's really mellow. Um, this dog's afraid of children, you know, or this one is high energy and you've got to watch. They might jump the fence or they might jump on your small child or it's just really important to communicate and just kind of just kind of discover and explore and find out what you realize your needs are and the needs of the dogs as well to get a good match mm -hmm. because sometimes it's really heartbreaking you hear that a family adopts a dog and it just doesn't work out and they have to bring them back I've I've heard about that and I've also heard the other side where that surprised me actually my daughter's I call her a um, star mom but she's a godmother basically and they constantly adopt dogs, you know, if, if one uh -huh. goes, they get another. So they had three dogs and they talked about how two of them actually were not the way they were. We saw them and they were just love bugs, all three of them. Mm -hmm. But when they got them, two of them were very, or one or two of them were quite scared and snappy and they transformed them. So it's also like you said, I loved how you said, think about what, what you need and what, you know, your time or energy investment can be and the kind of dog. That's a lot of important questions because they were, they had the time, their daughter was grown up um, to be able to work with them to transform. I'd never known that dogs could transform like that if they'd had a bad um, run oh, of it yeah. in the beginning that they could really shift like that. I kind of thought that once they were, I don't know, scarred, that it was hard to shift from that. I was really impressed with what can happen in a loving home. So Oh yes. Sugar is the the prime example. She was so scared when I got her and I could tell that she'd been mistreated and I could tell just certain things that she reacted to. Like if I had a white shirt on and I went to pet her and it went by her face and I'd sleep went by her face, she would freak out and it just oh. upset me so much. And I am an empty nester and so and I'm really patient and I just overly empathetic. And mm. so I was able to really sense what was going on with her and just work with her and work with her. And now I have to tell you, I've had her five years and she is the happiest little love bug. The tail is always going, like I said, she's still scared of the toaster, but she knows that mommy's never going to harm her. And the difference, the transformation, as you said, in her from when I first got her, the scared little dog to this happy little love bug. It's just an amazing thing, but you have to have that time and the energy and the ability to do that. And luckily I had that. And so I just said, you know, she was meant for me and mm. I was meant for her. And I don't know if it would have worked the same way with, with a different match, Yeah. but we just happened to be put in each other's world. And um, it's just a beautiful thing when you see the results. So you really have to think about all of that. It has, I think it takes a certain temperament in the person too, to, yeah to be okay with a scared dog.
and to be patient and, you know, to have that time to give that empathy and ease them into that love, you know. Wow. So a lot of things to think about. That, that's, thank you. I mean, I think that uh, if we think about it, humans bring out different aspects of each other. So, of course, the same can happen with a lot of love and attention and tenderness or whatnot, that the same thing can be brought out of a dog that's had a, a rough start, so to speak. And um, yeah, so that's really cool. Can I ask you, what would be your, your high dream for this whole, I'm going to call it a project. I mean, it's your, you know, you've got the books and the educational piece and the um, rescue if, if things went exactly, I mean, you mentioned something about products for Lucy, <laughs> what would be your <laughs> highest dream? Like, let's say people are out there listening because we have li- listeners around the world. We have everybody who, you know, who lives in a one room to millionaires listening. What, what would be your highest dream if things really went well? Like, Ooh, let me address those millionaires like? because they can help <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, my dream, so Part of this, I want kids to smile uh, and make them happy. Part of it is I want them to love reading. And a lot of times kids mm. who don't like reading will get interested in a dog because they love dogs and they pick up a book, all of a sudden they're reading. Um, but I would like to be able to raise enough money to really make more of a difference in the animal world for one. Um, you know, I might send a, a $20 check because I didn't send a lot of books. I adopt a, a different organization each month. And maybe one month I only get $20, but if it's a, a group that's fostering in their homes, that $20 is like gold, right? Because they mm. need every penny they can get. I'd like to be able to give like real money, like big money to different organizations. And I also have this dream that, and I don't know how to make this happen. Here's where your millionaires can come in <laughs> to help me with this. Um, a, a hospital like St. Jude's Children's Hospital, I would love to be able to provide a book to every kid that's there, or at least every room there. You know, I can't afford to do that. Yeah. And, you know, it would be great to have some sort of a sponsor who could say, I'm going to donate. Here's, you know, I'm going to buy this many books and every kid's going to get a book, you know. And and then, again, for every book I sell, I give 10% to whatever organization I'm adopting. So I would give 10% of that to St. Jude's. So they'd be getting financial help from me as well. So nice. I kind of have these big dreams that may never happen. But um, I would just like to be able to give more funding to the people doing the hard work, um, either with kids or with animals, um, you know, the animal rescues, or um, I support a, an organization that supports kids with cancer and their families, just to be able to help them financially to do the good and hard and heart work <laughs> that <laughs> they do. Um, you know, my 20 or 60 or $100 is great, but I would really like to be able to give more to really help them out since I can't physically or emotionally right. do what they do. <laughs> so that would be my dream. I don't have like a, a number goal. I would just like to be able to do more than what I'm doing. And what would you tell somebody who, like you, may have had a spark of inspiration to do something creative around animals and, but hasn't yet made the leap? What would you tell them? Go for it. Do it. Don't be afraid. Be confident. You know, there's this thing sometimes with creative people where they think, oh, nobody's going to like it. Or I've had this thing where uh, I don't consider myself a real author because I have friends who write novels with, you know, well-developed characters and they're 150 pages with this wonderful plot, you know, and I went to one of my book signing events and this man was just falling all over himself and giggling like a kid, you know, he's probably in his early forties and he said, Oh, I've never met an author before. And I said, Oh, sorry, I'm not an author. (laughs) 
And somebody said, yes, you are. <laughs> you know, so that that piece of, you know, feeling like you're an imposter, you know, and people aren't going to like what you do or whatever. Just go for it. Just do it. Um, if it makes you happy, if it makes one kid happy, if it makes one animal safer, just go do it. And don't worry about being a success. Just know that you're doing what you're doing from your heart and with love in your heart and just go for it. And um, whoever happens to see it and like it and receive it, well, you've changed their life in some positive way. So feel good about that and just keep doing it. Oh, thank you. Oh, Marla, I'm just getting a little chills. Thank you so much Aww. for those beautiful <laughs> words. Ah, I listened to you and I know that we're going to wrap up now because I, I promised I would keep it. And I've gone a little bit over <laughs> with you, but I just couldn't <laughs> help it. Uh, I hear you and I just, I, I can't wait for our listeners to get a chance to listen. I want all of you guys out there, I want you to write into us and tell us some great dog stories. And Marla, before we write right off, uh, sign off, sorry, uh, tell us how we can find you. I, they can get your books on Amazon, but tell us about your, your website and anywhere else that uh, you'd like them to be able to connect with you. Okay, I have two other places. They are on Amazon under my name, Marla Stahl, S-T-A-H-L. Um, I do call the company, it's not really a company, but my business here, Woof Books, <laughs> but you're not going to find them that way. It's under my name, Marla Stahl. And if you forget that, just go to my uh, website. It's Woof Books, W-O-O-F, like a dog saying woof, Woof Books. Um, woofbooks.com and you can take a look over there you can order the books there it'll still go through amazon um, but you can order them there and i also have a fun facebook page that is so totally family friendly um, i started it to promote my books but i, I think like 99 percent of it is really like fun animal videos and things that i see <laughs> or that people may may or may not see on facebook and i put them all in one place and it's just so much fun. And I have a, a, a nice little following there. People that are always there. Like, 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 it's just really fun. <laughs> All family friendly, no politics, nothing negative. Um, no sad, sad stories, you know, just really all positive, adorable, adorable things, all kinds of animals. So <laughs> Wolf Books on Facebook or wolfbooks.com online for the books. And that's Super. how they can find me. Super. Thank you. And we're going to have a little surprise for our listeners, but I'm going to put that on the end another day. And uh, I want to just say thank you so much for all your stories. I, I'm feeling this little spark that's coming. There's a woman in one of my groups, of um, a coaching groups, and she is running a podcast for elders. And I listen to your story, and I think about you, your mom, even Charlotte, if she's still around. And I think there could be something really interesting there. I'm going to give you that information. It's called Elder and Wiser, and uh, I'm going to try to connect you two. I think it could be really amazing for I don't know, an event, or maybe you go on her podcast, but there's, I feel there's something there, and I don't know what that means, but um, thank you. thanks for coming on Imperfect Parenting. Thanks for your time and, you know, working with the, the big uh, time difference and all of that, coordinating and, and jumping oh. through Skype <laughs> to get here. <laughs> My biggest challenge. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. You are delightful, and I love your podcast. I've been listening, and oh, um, so I think it just resonates with a lot of people. So I'm really honored to be on here as well, and I just appreciate you reaching out. Thank you. That warms my heart. Have a wonderful, amazing, imperfectly wonderful doggy day, and uh, we hope to hear again about the next adventure on uh, um, when the next book comes. Okay. Spark that creativity. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Take care so much. Bye bye. Bye bye.
that was Marla. And uh, I really enjoyed talking to her. She's only one of a couple of people that we've talked to that we haven't actually met live in person and, and then uh, continued on with the conversation. So I'm always a little nervous, you know, yeah. before. And uh, we had a little glitch But it moment. was like you were best friends. She, she was uh, so full of energy and she was so warm and open. And uh, Yeah, there was definitely a click in there and... and, uh, and her story of course which you know you you guys have just heard uh it just inspired me well you know one uh because she's you know she started writing at 58 yeah i mean it's just amazing and very for me it's inspiring because you know this week is not only for parents but it's also my older mom's week um the first wednesday of every month and for me she kind of fits in there so i i'm 58 now she just turned 63 she just had a birthday and she's written a bunch of books about rescue dogs and their stories that inspired her and she only writes when um when something really inspires her i love that i love that she just took action you know my mom and i have had conversations you know actually all of us have started writing different books but to actually do it she just went yeah, for it and it i and really respected and, that and, and, and she definitely she has joy. a creative mind she seems to be able to in an hour or two make up the whole book and then just just about to write it down but i, I she was at the dentist that yeah story. <laughs> it was <laughs> great like it was uh no it's amazing yeah, yeah, yeah so i mean i i realized that you know we while we're talking a lot about parenting i think there's a lot of um pieces inside of these conversations and and marla really sparked that that thought for me about how we inspire one another and i think that uh, she's you know it just i don't know made me smile i couldn't stop giggling and laughing as we were talking and listening to her story and talking about her mom and charlotte which is you know also um in one of the books uh and their their true stories and also older women inspiring older women and And then you, you know you that she's talking about, to kids about kindness with yeah, animals, yeah, which exactly. you know they I talked about my fears. Well, I had to because I felt like yeah. no, I was sorry about that, but you know the reality was that I I feel like if kids are taught at an, if you'd been taught earlier on about animals and and how they think and like Sasha was teaching you, yeah, yeah. you know later. I think that your experience could, of life and animals would have been so much more relaxed for you and the animals around you all these years, and uh, what a, a different life yeah. you know you would have been having. And so I love that she's you know she's giving um, giving that attention and focus now you know and to teach kids about you know rescue dogs because it's also not they're not even just typical dogs. A lot of them have had. Uh, a, not such a great start on the planet and then to be given another chance with a warm and loving family or friend who adopts them is really powerful and and the patience that's involved and the awareness of self and and the animal and it's it's such a powerful thing for our lives and that's what we talked about but uh because if you can be this way with an animal you know how are you going to be in your own life with people it also teaches you awareness and empathy for people which I think all of us and definitely our kids that's something that should be taught in school but since that's and I don't, I don't like to use the s word too much but I do think that that would be essential if people were yeah, taught empathy I'm, in school. Yeah, I'm still working so, on on, on that concept uh, <laughs> to, to, but I I, that, I, I, see, I see how our daughter is uh 
She's super empathetic. Yeah, and also how she is with the cat. It's just like she's she's. Uh, or maybe not so empathetic uh, with the cat. <laughs> no, exactly. She's bossing the cat around, so it's probably not a good example. But but it, it, but she, she's she's she inflicting. She, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I'm really going to say it like this: that she's inflicting love on her because yeah. it's very. Sometimes it seems harsh, but at the same time, the cat has an entire apartment to go into, and she goes right next to Ella. Yeah. So they have a special kind of relationship, the way siblings do, in a way. But she's, of course, she's a cat, but. Um, you know, anyway, so I think that there are relationships to animals around us is is uh, is important. And, you know, as she was talking about, I think a lot of people can really benefit from connection with animals. It, it changes people's lives. There's a reason why they have animal programs in hospitals and for elders and different people. So I think there's a reason for that. It's not for nothing that pets are around. Yeah. People have mixed feelings about it, but... Uh, I think if they have a good life and they have an opportunity to be outside sometimes and whatnot, then it's okay. So, yeah, that's uh, that's this week, you know, inspiring mom and writer and breeder of kindness. Yeah. And, uh, and I really, I, I have to say honestly that at the end of that conversation, um, you know, I realized that I was so excited. I didn't even talk about her three kids or ask a lot of those questions you're supposed to ask. But uh, there'll be some of that information in the, in the blog from our, our after conversation. And for those of you who go on Patreon, then you can um, maybe get a little bit more of that. But uh, definitely, I got excited to connect her with somebody else who had been talking, who I don't even know. <laughs> who actually happens by accident to live in the same state, um, somebody else who's working with inspiring stories from elders. So I'm, I'm really hoping that something happens there. I bet that they can create something live or online or whatnot. And I'm, you know, we'll definitely keep you guys updated if, uh, if that happens. We'll give you guys a link on the blog to check back or do an update or something great like that. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Mala, for that story. Yeah, and inspiring me. Thank you so much. Take care. Have an imperfect beautiful day thank you for listening to imperfect parenting and our imperfect podcast for show notes links to things we discussed our blog and more please go to our website at www.imperfectparenting.net if you have questions comments or stories you'd like to share please go to our social media on our page or write us at info at imperfectparenting.net. We would love a review on iTunes from you and might have a couple surprises at the other side. So IP parents around the world, keep having a wonderfully imperfect day.